Welcome to Life in Accounting, the Where Accountants Go podcast. Life in Accounting is the podcast for everyday heroes like you working in the accounting profession. Are you ready to hear from accounting influencers, thought leaders, visionaries, and other professionals leading change in the accounting world? Then stay tuned for Mark Goldman, a CPA, the owner of Where Accountants Go, and your host. Welcome to Life in Accounting. Hello, everyone. I'm Mark Goldman, the host of Life in Accounting, the Where Accountants Go podcast. In this episode, I sat down with Hector Hernandez of San Antonio and just walked through the evolution of his career and how it started in cost accounting, then moved into public accounting at Arthur Anderson, and then the decisions he had to make when that firm ended up disbanding. And while he personally wasn't on the more well-known client accounts, it's a good story of how sometimes situations outside of your control can cause you to have to make choices that may seem daring at the time, but that ultimately end up being incredible opportunities. I hope you enjoy the interview, and if you want to contact Hector directly, he very graciously shared his email and mobile number, both on the interview itself and in the show notes. So without further delay, let's get started. Hector! Hey, thank you for joining me today on the Life in Accounting, Where Accounts Go podcast. I have been looking forward to this moment for weeks. You are definitely one of the people that I wanted to get on the show uh, very early on because the purpose of the show, one of the main objectives is to just show people all the different options and opportunities that are available when you study accounting. You know, it's a, it's a very interesting career path, particularly that you've had. So thank you very much for, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Mark. I'm excited to be here. Appreciate it, too. Awesome. <laughs> Wonderful. I'm glad you shared the, the energy. That's awesome. So tell us a little bit about yourself. You've had an interesting career. Where did you get started? I can appreciate the question, Mark. Thanks. And it's a, it's definitely been a journey. You know, if I started thinking about when I started having the desire to be an accountant, I'd have to be honest with you and tell you it all started back in high school, my junior and senior years. Wow. I had an accounting professor and uh, teacher, and she had a great influence in me in in pursuing that. She basically instilled the values of of the career being respectable, stability, and just a long-term favorable profession, you know, career. Mm -hmm. So I kind of took on that challenge. And, you know, during my high school years, I did a lot of activities, UIL and contests and it just kind of, I was excited about it. You know, man, I was drinking the accounting Kool-Aid, if you want to call that. You did the UIL accounting? Yeah, I did all, wow. that. I did all, <laughs> I did all that. So it's hard to believe that I, I couldn't, I won some trophies and things like that. But those were the good times. And then, of course, going on to college, I kind of had some different obstacles along the way in college, but persevered through them and still continued that accounting profession. Mm-hmm. However, the rules for the accounting profession were changing back in 1997, the summer, actually, 9-1-1997, 150-hour rule. Oh, yes. So I kind of, because it, it didn't take me a four-year, I wasn't a four-year college grad, I was on a mission to finish. So I completed the 
accomplish that goal because I couldn't go on and continue the 150. I just had to finish so I can sit for that CPA exam. So accomplished that goal and pursued other opportunities right after I graduated. So you're saying you, you did not get the 150 hours? I, I did not get the 150. Okay. So I accomplished the, you had to basically finish and sit for the CPA exam. Because if you didn't have the your hours and graduate before then, you did have to take the 150. You had to continue oh, to get okay. the master's. So, did, so I, I had to graduate. I was in a hurry. I was in a mission. <laughs> yes. And I remember that time. You know, yeah. Everybody today has to go through that 150 hour program. So, but to say the least, I'm just so happy that I finished and in that time and I was ready for the career to start, you know, finally the accounting career that I wanted. Yeah. So I took the career off to Dallas because that's where my, that's where my first opportunity um, came in and um, it started out in the cost accounting. So I started out in industry. Really? Interesting. Okay. Yes. So I spent a year up in Dallas and then decided that it was Dallas is huge. It's a big time city. And then I'm not a big time city guy. I love San Antonio. I've been here all my life. So was getting married in 98. Okay. To my beautiful wife, Darlene. And I decided I wanted to move back home. So I got a job back. I was already marketable because I had one year under my belt and I got a job with a technology company and kind of started that career and kind of, okay. you know, in the accounting department. Just doing general, general type accounting stuff, reconciliations and month end closing, just just the general accounting duties. So as I was working in that space arena of technology, I got the call, man. You're not gonna believe it, but I got the call from a good friend of mine uh-huh. that was at Arthur Anderson. Really? And he goes, Hey, I need somebody. We we need a position filled that it's to do benefit plan audits. I kind of thought about it real quick. Mark, and I just said, you know what? Everybody wants to be in public accounting, so why not? This is a great opportunity getting a pay raise. Sure. Yeah, public accounting pays well. So I took, <laughs> I took on that opportunity because, you know, when your buddies call, you're like, I just kind of knew I had to say yes. You don't say no. Accountants don't say no. We say yes. Okay. So I had that attitude, right? That mentality. So I can do it. So I took on that opportunity when he called me and the local San Antonio office, spent some time there with them, the training. What a different career path that was and what a different industries, the knowledge, the training that they provided. Did you stay in benefit plans? I stayed mainly in benefit plan audits. Okay. I did. Wow. But from time to time, if they had some extra jobs, I'd do some other type of audits, but I was strictly on the audit side, not tax. Okay. How long were you at Anderson? Just about a couple of years. You did your two. Before the debacle. Yes, that's sad, but yes. So the debacle in 2002, when everybody was losing their jobs with Enron, Volcom, it was kind of a sad thing to watch everybody. You know, people seemed happy. People seemed like they were wondering where their jobs and their families or what they were going to be doing. I don't know. I guess I felt the same way, but I guess I was also thinking, is this another calling for an opportunity to do something else because I learned so much at Anderson. It wasn't just a, your traditional eight to five job. It was, they, they really had you thinking differently and outside the box. At that moment in 2002, did you have that insight that this may be 
the opportunity to do something different or is it just a whole lot easier at this point in your life to, to see as, as we've got a little older to see that that was the, the turning point? I didn't. That's a great question, Mark. I didn't have that insight. I was merely going off my judgment, my my faith and experience. And I just mm-hmm. thought, I just thought to myself, what am I going to do? And do I want to stay in this career for 30 years? Sure. You know, that's what I kept thinking. You know, am I going to yeah. stay doing this? Basically, like we all were brought up to be like, thinking. It made you sort of question. You know, are, are, you yes. lo- are you loving it that much if you want to be here 20, 30 years? And so in 2002, I had got a call from another recruiter in the financial services arena. Interesting. Northwestern Mutual called. And I kind of was wondering, well, who are they? What do they do? What do they want with me? Well, they saw some things in my skill set, accounting background. Okay. That they thought you could tie that in with financial planning, financial services. And based on the interview and based on the process of, I guess they go through a, some kind of a personality Personality profile? Yeah, profile. Interesting. So okay. They, they, they went through that process with me and they they kind of concluded that you're a good fit for this career. <laughs> and I was like, really? Okay. You know, maybe I am, maybe I'm a you know, happy-go-lucky kind of accountant at the time, you know. <laughs> maybe I do have a little bit of sales side in me. And, you're still uh, happy-go-lucky. So, thanks, Mark. So, I kind of thought about that, but my wife reminded me that I made a quick decision and I'm like, Really? I made a quick decision because I don't really make quick decisions. And I made that decision that I wanted to try something different. And I think a lot of it had to do with seeing my wife being self-employed, seeing her determination, her success, seeing her overall satisfaction with her clients and her career. Okay. And I guess I wanted that too. I wanted it bad. Okay. Okay. So she knew the risks that came along with self-employment, as you do. I think she knew. She she knows the risks. She knew the risks. She kind of even told me that it was very clear to her that, well, I married you because I thought you were an accountant and you were going to have a steady job and a stable income. <laughs> I love it. So she she made that very clear to me, and I thought, you know what? I thought so too, dear. But I want to take a want to take a chance. You know, I knew most accounts don't take chances or risk. And I just kind of felt like I had to try it. I had to take that chance to see if something else was going to make me either fall in love with that new career mm-hmm. or see if I had what it takes to go through something of that magnitude challenge. Okay. You know, I can relate because I married my high school sweetheart and I was very much an accountant. I guess I still am. I just do something a little different. But I was an accountant. Psyche was with me when I passed the CPA exam, you know, through that whole time period. And, and then, yes, later I changed as well. And I, I never asked her that if, if, I, if she had that feeling, but that's very interesting. So she, she may have, you never know. Mark. So it sounds like Darlene was very supportive though. I think initially maybe she wasn't, you okay. know, to be, to be true to you. And I think she thought that she was kind of concerned, like, what am I doing? Okay. You know? But at the same time, I think we had that relationship that most young married couples at the time, you know, we got married in 98. 
So she was very supportive and she kind of knew she had to be. Okay. And, I, and I, I was, I'm very thankful that she was very supportive because I think without her, to, you know, without that support, I don't know if I'd be here today talking to you. Sure. Sure. So, yeah, actually one of the big blessings of my life. I remember when I, I told my wife that we were, or I was thinking about starting a business. Uh, her first reaction was really now? But 24 hours later, she said, you know, I think it's the best time to do it. And I remember that moment to this day over 10 years later. So I, I can certainly relate. So when did you start with Northwest Mutual? So it was late fall of 2002. Okay. And Northwestern Mark was kind of like Arthur, was kind of like the Arthur Anderson in the financial services industry. So Interesting. That, so that was the other side of how I interpreted where I was going. I said, you know what? You just left a great firm with some great training, but now you're going to go to another firm that you've done some research on and you've seen the culture and you've seen how they train their individuals and their, how they're highly regarded in their industry. Mm-hmm. So I kind of took that as a, you know what, you're going to an equal place, okay, but you're going to get some tremendous amount of opportunity and training okay, to, okay. Start, to start the process mm-hmm. of really excelling in this career so how long were you at northwestern so i was there for about six years really six years and it provided me so much opportunity and so much training mark that uh you know i uh i look back today in my career and now that i talk to when i talk to my peers in, in this industry financial services and i mentioned northwestern and the training and where i came from my background they uh they 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 are uh, very, uh, they're very, very, uh, what's the word? Uh, I guess they, they think of Northwestern very highly and they say, you must have gotten some great training. And so I get a lot of that type of feedback and a lot of respect because of where I came from and the training and the background. Okay. Wonderful. Wonderful. So then after Northwestern, you moved on. Was that when you started your own? I think it's practice the right term for it. Sure. I think that's a fair word. You know, in Northwestern, they kind of instilled that you would have your own practice. And I kind of maintained that attitude and that model. But I really, truly wanted to be more independent. And I guess at that point in time, during my career at Northwestern, I had a marketing plan. And my marketing plan was always, always going to be to work with my CPA centers of influence, because in my humble professional opinion that the CPA is one of the most highly trusted, regarded advisors. And I always felt that that was going to be my ultimate goal. And Northwestern laid the foundation to pursue that goal. And so in 08, 2008, just summer of 08, when I truly went off to be independent, I continued that marketing plan and continued on that path to work with CPAs and just focus on my practice and helping them build, develop their practice on the tax planning side. But it was more of the relationship that was going to be an integral part in that. And so that's when I knew it was just a different transformation when I went off on my own. Okay. And the CPAs saw that they didn't see me tied to a company. So they saw Hector Hernandez. And they felt like, okay, now I can work with you because you're truly independent. Okay. 
Okay. Yeah, it's interesting. I have to tell you, I can't say how many times over the years I've been speaking with somebody and they want to help me by introducing me to somebody that's important. And they say, do you know Hector? It just, it amazes me. How many people know you and aware of you? What, what do you feel has made you so successful in the financial advising and insurance business? I think what it boils down to, Mark, I mean, I've known you for 15 years. We, we've known each other so long that we have a, a true friendship, a relationship. And, Thank you. and when I build those relationships with, with my clients or with my centers of influence, other CPAs, it, it all starts with a relationship and to really develop that piece of it and build a friendship and, and trust. I mean, the trust is the biggest piece. And that's where I feel like it, it's, it's such an integral part where I, I focus and I devote a lot of time and energy to the trust and to serving others first. Yeah, I think an attitude of service is, is very important. You know, something you said earlier, I, I wrote this down because it, I've heard this with other successful entrepreneurs. You said, start with yes. Accountants say yes. That's interesting. Is that sort of a philosophy you have? I think I've learned that philosophy over the years. I, you know, I initially didn't, I can't say I had that, right, coming out of college, right? But <laughs> sure, I, well. I, I kind of learned some of that from other mentors in the accounting profession and in the financial services profession. And I saw that in the very successful CPAs and financial advisors. And I saw that you, especially, I mean, again, I because I stick with the accountants and the CPAs, it's... I saw that the very successful ones were very business development oriented and they did, they, they just, their, their model was say yes, we do not say no to work. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Start with yes. Start with yes. We can do it. That's a good, that can be a great philosophy. You know, that's also the second time you, you mentioned mentors. You mentioned the high school mentor and. Also, I guess, mentors in the profession. It sounds like you've had some good influences in your life. I have. I mean, I have, Mark. I mean, I think the most important mentor really in my life is, is uh, to me, it's been, you know, having a strong faith. Okay. You know, I think that first and foremost is just something that I truly believe that I wouldn't be here today without having a, a strong faith. And then my wife, you know, my wife is... Mm-hmm. Uh, she is a mentor to me. I mean, I know sometimes we don't agree on everything in our philosophy, business philosophies, but she's only been in business 30 years. So I, obviously she's been doing a, a fine job in her profession. So she, she knows a few things, you know? Sure. And so, uh, you know. <laughs> more than a few. More than a few, exactly. <laughs> so she's definitely been a mentor in my life, spiritually, professionally. And then I've had other mentors in the accounting profession and, and the financial services profession. Like I said, I've learned from certain individuals. I think in the financial services, uh, the one gentleman was out of Houston, older gentleman, probably about 40 years in the business. And he used to just say little things to me to do things a certain way. And your clients will appreciate it long term. And it's about serving them and not serving yourself. And so I kind of took those things really to heart. And I just said, you know what? I'm going to do things the way these people have done it because they're, they've learned and they've done it so many years. So along the way, I had to do things my way, but 
I just tweak things and I, I see again how the successful people have become successful and that what they've done to serve others. Sure, sure. You learn from people and then you you take it and make your own and hopefully make a few improvements along the way and then pass it on to, to someone else. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your business now. What, what's your specialty? Today, my practice revolves around exclusively working with other CPAs, specifically tax planners. Okay. So you have, uh, in my opinion, I've met many CPAs and you have CPAs that are tax planners and you have uh, tax preparers. Okay. And I choose to bring or work with the tax planner because that individual does certain things and those certain things are called implementing tax planning strategies. Okay. They, they tend to do the extra work. I'm not saying that the tax preparer doesn't do the extra work. It's just the tax preparer might just have only time to just do tax preparation and bookkeeping. Sure. The tax planning side it entails a lot of research, a lot of time, and maybe some CPAs don't have that extra time. And so what I'd like to do is develop and cultivate those relationships with those type of CPAs that truly do tax planning for their clients. And I assist them in executing and implementing their tax plan for their clients. What areas do you find that there is a little bit of a, a lack of knowledge or understanding or, or what areas do you find that accountants can stand to learn more about financial planning investments and what you do? Well, I think in the areas, again, if most sole practitioner accountant CPAs were to just spend a little extra more time in tax planning, okay. they would learn a lot of what I do. And they might not necessarily mark, I mean, because it entails a lot of research. And I'm not saying that they want to get into a second career, but if they spend some extra time in this field, what a lot of CPAs don't realize is that their clients already, they want them to ask them these questions in financial planning. They look to their CPA for that type of information. And a lot of CPAs will shy away from it. So I look at those CPAs that are very successful at it and try to research and reach out to me by Q&A or education and, and sharing information. Those are the ones that are very successful because they see their clients asking them those questions and then they, they're able to give them the 30,000 view of the forest. Okay. And then they turn them over to as an introduction to me, but Hector could fill you in on the details. Okay. So I think spending that extra time researching and cultivating relationships with other trusted advisors is what I think that other CPAs should do if they want to learn more about this area. Okay. I don't want to ask you to give up any competitive secrets, <laughs> that kind of thing. But so I'm a tax CPA. I'm doing tax returns for my clients. Maybe because of my client base, I'm more focused on compliance and I tend to shy away from more of the long-term planning aspects. I mean, what's, what's your process like to, to help me get comfortable with that and to help me serve my clients better? For starters, Mark, I probably would invite you to some of the advanced planning seminars that are some of our uh, investment or insurance providers uh, give. Okay. So that way you can maybe even add a little value to that. You get some continuing education credits. 
We so, love CE. Oh yeah, absolutely. We all love <laughs> CE. So, so that's one area that I'm able to bring values and bite where you feel like you're hearing it from a third party. Okay. So part of that is also because I recognize different air, you know, different times of the year, tax deadlines and things that are going on throughout the year. I'm able to give you again because of our relationship over time plant little seeds and tell you, hey, you might want to be thinking about these extra ideas or tax planning. I call them tax planning tips. Okay. So you could give these to your client. But again, it's it's a constant reminder, relationship building. And there, there might come a point in time where, where you, maybe you tell me, okay, Hector, stop. Or you might continue to say, keep reminding me. And I get a lot of, I get more of the, Please keep reminding me. Please keep calling me. So I'm not giving up on those tax preparers. I want to help them too. I want to serve them. They just need a little extra, extra help. Okay. It's interesting. Your your career has sort of come full circle. You started out as an accountant and, and now you're very much serving the accounting community, serving other accountants, you know, in, in the profession. That's that's wonderful. We're getting towards the end. I like to keep these to about 30 minutes. So we're we're getting towards the end. I have three questions I ask every person that I have on the show just to sort of wrap it up because it is it is called life in accounting and, and it's about the bigger picture. So first of all, what has been your proudest moment? Honestly, Mark, I, I mean, that's a, I thought about a lot of that question. My proudest moment in my current profession has been when I I think again, when I finally saw that, and again, it doesn't, doesn't happen overnight. A lot of CPAs, colleagues, peers, friends, they didn't give me the opportunity at the beginning because I'm sure they thought that, oh, he's just dabbling in that profession. He might be going back to public. Sure. So they, they kind of give you the, let's wait and see. Sure. Let's see what you, let's see what happens with him. But I think the proudest moment is when I started really building I already had the relationships built, but when I saw the re- my referring partner CPAs sending me a tremendous amount of business, that was my ultimate goal. And that took about eight years to accomplish. Mm. It didn't happen overnight. But when we, when I started seeing the fruits of that labor, where you actually have a CPA introducing another client and telling you, please take care of this client. I've been training. I already not only have I been trained for that moment, I already knew what to do and how to handle that situation. So my proudest moment is yes, when I had several CPAs introducing me to their clients and saying, "Here you go." And I think at that moment, I knew that my profession was you know was going in a different direction. That's and, interesting. And I knew that. I knew it. I worked hard to get to that to that point in time. So that's that was a proud moment, very proud moment. It's interesting because it's sort of the end of a culmination of efforts. And at the same time, it's the beginning of the beginning. It's, it's the beginning of the beginning because I feel like I'm back in public accounting because I think <laughs> I think and operate on their schedule. So that's the thing with our industry is. I've become a mentor to our financial services industry, to young advisors and people that ask me, how did you do it? How do you work with CPAs? And I constantly preach and talk about, educate on 
you have to do these things and it takes time and it takes effort and it takes relationship building. And so I'm kind of feeling like I'm giving also back to my industry because I want to do that to the, to the, to the people that are coming in, men and women. Okay. That was your proudest moment. Tell me about a mistake or tell us about a mistake you've made and what you learned from it. And the more colossal, the better. Don't hold back. That was a, that was a <laughs> tough one. I actually talked to my wife about that. that it's was good a, if you get her permission. That's well, that was a tough one, Gush, but she kind of... Did she have several to pick from? She has. She, oh, man, she didn't have. She's on a laundry <laughs> list of mistakes I've made. Honestly, we, I mean, that was something that was very, it was difficult because, again, when I think about clients or CPAs that I work with, I, I take those so seriously that I'm like, my goal is to never make a mistake or hurt them. And, and I value that relationship and that trust that I have with them. But the one thing my wife did mention and we kind of agreed on it was, I think the mistake was maybe not doing when I transitioned from public accounting to this financial services industry, to financial planning. I think the mistake was that, in that I didn't give it enough. At the moment in time, Darlene was we were just having her first baby. She was a year old and she's thinking, am I making a mistake? And I kind of felt like I couldn't believe that I made a quick decision. We've talked about this and I even tell her that I honestly, I don't remember a lot of things about, I just knew that Maybe the only thing I do remember is I could not afford to fail. Sure. But I know that she said at that point in time in our young marriage and having a young child, it was, she was very upset and just, you know, just kind of confused. What am I doing? So at that point in time, it was just kind of mixed feelings, mixed emotions. I mean, young mom, care for a child. And so, you're starting a business. Yeah, you know, starting, yeah. With no immediate income. Yeah, exactly. No immediate income. She was supporting us. And could that have been a failure? Yes. But I, in my mind, it wasn't going to be, you know. But that's why that question is very tough. But I'll probably have to answer that maybe later. Another, oh. maybe a part two. But that one is more of, I could not afford to fail. I'm sure that was a very emotional time. You know, it's interesting. I didn't realize how many similarities we had. So you, you start your business when you were having your first child. And when I was telling you what my wife had said, the reason she said that is we had just adopted our first child. So her reaction was, you're going to do this now? And then, like I said, about 24 hours later, she said, actually, I think it's the best time. You know, there's probably a lesson in there that sometimes what makes you succeed is the fact that you just can't fail. You know, that like the movie said, failure is not an option. You just... You didn't have a choice. You had to make it. You had a family to feed. You had to make it. Absolutely, Mark. And like I said, with determination and faith, she bought in. She supported me. And I think that that was powerful. That is. That is. I don't want to get too emotional here. So (laughs) it brings back a lot of memories, man. Nothing was easy at the beginning. Yes. Yes. So if you had just one piece of advice about life, about career, about anything, to leave our audience with, what would that be? I think for those, our audience of accountants and other professionals, I think I think what I would like to, to share with them is, is just really pursue your dreams and happiness. I mean, I think you ultimately, at the end of the day, you want to be happy. You don't want to be looking at the clock. You just want your days to go by, enjoy your, your families, enjoy your career. 
that's where I'm at in my career. I mean, I don't even realize how many hours I work because I love my job. I love spending time with my family. So pursue, pursue those dreams. And, and the accounting profession offered me so many opportunities. And we've talked about that, Mark, and you and I have talked about that, Mark, and talked about it with my wife. I mean, I share that information with my kids today. And it doesn't mean you're going to be doing or you're going to be a CPA or an accountant, but that degree opens the door to so many other opportunities and, so uh, and people value that. And so pursue your dreams, enjoy your job, be happy, and life will, will take you to great places. There you go. There you go. Amen. Amen. That's right. <laughs> well, what's the best way to contact you? If any of our listeners want to get a hold of you, email, text, what's oh, yeah. you know, website, what's, what's best for you? Absolutely. Feel free to call my cell number. It's 210-325-0717. Or you can email me at h. Hernandez at moneyconceptsplural.com. That's H. Hernandez at moneyconceptsplural.com. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate you coming on. This was much better than I originally imagined. There's just so many, so many great stories you have to tell. And so I really appreciate you taking the time to, to share that with our listening audience. Thank you for having me, Mark. I appreciate it. No problem. We hope to have you again soon. Thanks, Hector. All right. Bye. Well, I hope you were able to gain some wisdom and insight into your own career through Hector's sharing of his experience. Hector certainly crossed over into discussing choices about life in general, and I really appreciate his openness and transparency. If you're listening to this online, please check out the rest of the Where Accounts Go website as well. And until next time, this has been Life in Accounting, the Where Accountants Go podcast. There's more to come.